Hello, everyone. This is Willful Ignorance, a podcast that plans to talk about progressive politics, pop culture, current events, and whatever other random bullshit pops into our heads. My name is Mike Boyson, and I'm joined by Micah Daigle. Hello. Welcome. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to do this. It's actually something I've talked with multiple friends about doing for a long time, and it just never panned out. So it's cool to like actually be putting in some work and effort to uh, do it. Yeah, I agree. I um I had plans to do one of these with my um with my close high school friend um who shares similar views and who actually honestly credited me with de I, I forget how we refer to it, but let's call it deconverting, I guess, um from the Fox News bubble that he was unfortunately encompassed in when he was at work. Right. But um but uh yeah, that just never panned out. So it's yeah, I agree. I, I share the same sentiment that it's nice to finally uh actually do this uh, i mean neither of us really know what we're doing but that's part of the uh it's part of the stick that's it's what we're doing we're uh we're gonna figure it out as we yeah. go along yeah um so are you still friends with this guy oh yeah oh yeah he's still one of my closest friends man oh cool well maybe we can uh, hi billy we can yeah we can drag billy in sometime yes. maybe we can uh i'll i'll nag him enough that i could probably convince him <laughs> if can... if it's a platform that he can just kind of like already insert himself into i'm sure i'm sure he'll be fine with it see that's a nice thing it would be nice actually to have a third person because that way it's not on two people i mean you don't have to keep the conversation going with the magic of editing but you can still <laughs> kind of keep it flowing a little better true one person can have a chance to just sit there and listen yes this is true yeah because with a conversation that goes on between two people it is just gonna there are gonna be low points but but that's okay. That's what uh, transition music is for. about them before true or not i listen to them a lot and their producer is their third person he doesn't really like have an audio or a, a speaking role yeah, as i was much. gonna say i've never heard him he always says young joined by young chomsky mm -hmm. yeah he's the producer for them but he also like writes and and uh records the music for it um and he Dude. uses those transitions on the episodes which yeah they I do good music to, i've been uh effect. listening to them a lot yeah they're really good man um <laughs> uh, searching through episodes yeah I was searching through episodes, and, um, what am I saying? Oh, yeah, so they, like, they're, I hate it when they have trailers, first of all, on podcasts. It's annoying. I get why they do it, because uh, well, it's usually for, the like, Patre the Patreon episodes. Yes, that's the Patreon episodes. It gets in the way of my feed. The other thing with podcasts that have been around a while and are very topical, like theirs is, I mm -hmm. want, like, a sort by, like, m most popular um oh. or like something like that instead of having to scroll in chronological order so anyways i found one because i was looking through a bunch of them before i was driving this was on our trip home so i had like eight mm -hmm. hours to fill mm -hmm. um i was looking through their stuff and like saving them so i didn't have to look for them later i could just play them all and mm -hmm. i saw one that was aoc and i was like <laughs> oh they got aoc on their show that's cool i want to hear that 
So I listen to it. They do the intro and stuff. And then the uh-huh. intro music starts playing. And sometimes they're a little long because, like you said, the guy makes the music, so they kind of want to showcase it a little more. It's not for five mm-hmm. seconds. Mm-hmm. And it gets to probably two minutes in, and I'm like, okay, let's just like skip 30 seconds ahead until um, we get to it. <laughs> I mashed that 30-second skip button all the way through the three-hour podcast that I heard talking. <laughs> Knows them talking about how I got You're April fooled. I got April fooled in August. Oh God, dude! You, oh, because you didn't check. This is like a two-year-old episode. Yeah. Yep. You didn't check when it was released because I I know exactly the episode you're talking about because I noticed it and I was like I went I did the same thing. I was like let it play for that. It was like I was li- started listening to it on my way to work and I was like all right this is a little long. This is okay, Chomsky. I guess you're just showing some music off. And then I like skip. I do the same thing, skip 30 seconds ahead or something like that. Then I skip a few minutes, then I skip like 15 minutes. And I'm like, then I look at the date and it says April 1st. And I'm like, oh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> that has got to be like, that's probably the only time I've ever been legitimately April. April prank. Oh, yeah. April you Fool's fell for Day'd. you fell for the whole thing, dude. You, yeah. you, you fell hook, line. And the worst part is, is after I, like 40 minutes, there was nothing that was going to happen. I was in my car, which has Apple CarPlay. So it had the date right under the episode title. <laughs> and I didn't see it the whole time. That's what makes it even worse. Even Ridiculous. though you're pressing the 30 seconds ahead button, it's right, I conceivably right next to it. I will make people a promise right here that I will not do that to you. <laughs> I'm not that cruel. Nor will I. I may write a catchy, a catchy loop for this at some point, but it doesn't mean I'm going to make you suffer through an hour and 45 minutes of it. <laughs> Or however long that was. So, uh, how about nine eleven? Oh, you want to start there? That was pretty wild, right? Yeah. Don't why? Don't do that. Don't open that can of worms yet. <laughs> it's episode one, dude. I'll be honest. I really, I really don't know that much about you. Need to listen 9/11. to this True and On seven part series. I'm, it's yeah, it's I know. Yeah, I fantastic. started it actually. I think it's, it's called Bush in Nine Eleven. Yes. Um, Did you listen to all parts of it? No, I started it. I think I'm only like thirty minutes in the first episode. I oh, okay. I'm, I really I don't listen to podcasts much unless I'm driving, and I haven't been driving the past week. Yeah, I'm pooping on company time. No, I don't give a fuck about nobody. I'm lying because I'm pooping on company time. No, I don't give a fuck about nobody. I'm lying. That's a banger. Certified hit. Thanks, man. I wish I could come up with lyrics that fast for like a hook like that. It's not or just like, hey, I'll poop it on company. <laughs> yeah, for, hey, I'll poop it on yeah that's, a, that's my thing. Like, I can say stupid stuff all day. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oh, it's so easy. Yeah. It's so easy to write nonsense songs with catchy hooks yeah. or catchy, uh, you know, catchy melodies and shit. And so, like, satirical, satirical songwriters have the easiest job. I don't want to hear them complain. About how hard it is being an artist coming up with stuff. You're like an <laughs> SNL satire songwriter. You, yeah, all you have to do is rip off another song and change the lyrics. You don't even deserve to be paid, really. It's not work. There's my <laughs> hot, my hot worker take. Is your your hot work your hot worker take from the uh, yeah. from the for the newfound uh, for the newfound lefty? Uh, SNL song staff do not count as working class. 
<laughs> now we're sounding like Tim Dillon. There's a term for working class, but they don't contribute anything to society or something like that. But I can't remember. Or maybe it's not working class. There's a term for the proletariat. Fucking trash! Yeah, that's it. White trash. I'm just kidding, people. Um, So, what's your opinion on work from home? There's been a lot of... um, I see like a lot of talk on it on other podcasts. And like very uh kind of lib brain articles written about it. So I was that's one thing I was thinking about I would talk about or we would talk about is getting your thoughts on a a work from home situation and kind of the arguments around it. Well, I don't really see an argument against it outright. I I like it. It's fantastic. It's it is a net positive for society in my opinion. That's 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 my hot take which I don't think is hot nor a take. I think it's just the correct position. Yeah. Um, because like for jobs that that can allow it like there's so many jobs that there's programmers or people just sit at a terminal a computer all day and they just sit in a cubicle and they don't need if they're just sitting in a cubicle and all they need access to is a terminal and there's no reason that those individuals should not have the freedom to do that from their own domicile i mean why not allow workers to be in a comfortable environment and also Everyone knows, bosses included, there are there's so much downtime at work. I don't care what anybody says. No one is absolutely always doing work 100% of the time. Right. You're lying to yourselves. And if you are, then fucking take a breather. No one's going to pat you on the back or shove an extra $5,000 up your ass. That doesn't happen anymore, if it did ever. So I don't see why there's any kind of like, I mean, I know why there is. It's from top down. It's from management. It's from the the moneyed men and women who, you know, they're like, no, if I can't observe you, then how do I know that you're working? It's like, aren't you paying me for that trust? Mm -hmm. Is that not the agreement? Is that not the contract? You give me money. I do shit for you. If I don't do shit for you, you don't give me money. It's that simple. I'm not saying I want to work from home and not work from home. That would be called being unemployed. I don't want to be unemployed, nor does anyone else who needs that job, which, by the way, is probably upwards of seven to, ten, seven, to seven to eight out of every 10 Americans since all of those people work paycheck to paycheck, yeah. regardless of your income level. That means if you make $100,000 or if you make $150,000, most of those people are still living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. No one wants to address that. But the- God, God, God. God fucking damn it all if like some people have some more some more uh some more peace and a peace of mind if they can if they can do the same mindless droning job that they always do every fucking day uh for 5 days a week if they can just do that from the comfort of their own home and you know maybe get some laundry done maybe clean the toilet or you know make a sandwich in their own kitchen you know so on and so forth it's like what's the problem what it's right. it's just say the 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 uh the uh the the top uh the top management they they are the ones that need to say the quiet part loud so they can just reveal themselves to be lying bastards is that they just want to monitor and they want to keep track of you it's like well why if you get the work done what does it matter is that not what you're paying me for not paying me for my presence yeah well so the only in my opinion valid argument i've seen but i don't think it's wholly valid and i think this whole work from home thing is also kind of a symptom of a bigger problem, but I'll get to that. So the only valid argument really I've seen is that you lose the social aspect of work 
So there's two sides to that. On the one side, I would say most people don't want to be social at work. They'll right. be nice and they'll have conversation with people, but mm -hmm. that's honestly a means to pass time, to kill time. Right. Um, you know, they don't talk to these people outside of work most likely. Exactly. Um, the other We're side there of that for the money, not for the not for the social interaction. Yeah, that can just be a uh, a benefit or a negative. So the other side to that, I would say, is there's there's like a lot of um there's also a lot of talk about like growing isolation among i mean i think it's everywhere but among americans right like we're yes. just less social nowadays and that is bad there are a lot of bad elements out of that that's um you know a hotbed for extremism mm -hmm. so we talk about that and being against that and thinking you know we do need uh ways to make people more social or to encourage that whatever that is so how do you reconcile that and also encouraging any work from home that can be done at home to be done? And I I think work from home is better for a lot of people. But at the same time, if most people don't want to work in an office, then the other people will probably follow suit. So what that leads me to is it's a symptom of a bigger problem. Um, Part of the reason... Work from home is so good is because people have kids and can't afford, you know, thousands of dollars a month for daycare. Mm -hmm. um, the other reason is some people have long commutes or even commutes in general and gas is expensive. You're not getting paid for that drive. That's mm -hmm. time out of your day to relax at home after work um, exactly. and all that. Um, on, so you got those two things. Um, so like the bigger problem isn't work from home versus not work from home. It's that workers need to be paid, you know, not just a living wage more than that, really. Yes. Um, and the all of a sudden of you've kind of solved all of those issues. And yes. also we need lighter work weeks. It's something yes. that's perfectly doable. We know this. Yes. Um, that yeah, you lighten work early. weeks, lighten work weeks by five hours a week. That's an hour yeah. earlier you're home. You remember what I said about that, uh, what I said earlier about how, like, there's no one who absolutely works 100% of the time? Yeah. You add all those hours up. What's the reason for being there? Yeah. The only like, exception is, like, jobs that are customer service for that rule. Because yeah, you obviously have um, downtime that you can't, you can't splice away the downtime. Yes. But, I yeah, understand. like, most office jobs where you have a quant like a quantitative amount of work to do. It's not a time, right. really. Right. Uh, yeah. There's so much downtime that could be cut down, and people know they're getting off earlier. They're going to be more productive too. Yeah. I mean, my my office, um, because I mean, I, I'll I'll say this is that uh, like, do I enjoy working from home? Yes, but only when it's something that like my job is one of those like it's kind of a hybrid because like. It does require a lot of interpersonal communication all the time and in-person uh, communication just because of a function of how we work. Um, namely that like there's a lot of like papers being passed back and forth that are necessary to have it done that way because it's the most efficient. Like right. I work, you know, because I work as a civil engineer and we do land development. And one of the things that we do a lot in this example is uh, plan set markups. So the giant two foot by three foot sheets of paper that you'll see for like construction sites are what most people would uh, in layman's terms would call blueprints, but they're not blue. Um, 
their blueprints are specifically like for buildings. Are um, blueprints actually blue? Sometimes, but not so much anymore. A lot of like plans you'll see on construction sites are just like big sheets of paper. Oh. Um, but um, I think it's because the material that they used to be, because blueprints were also, you know, I think it was they were hand drawn at some point. I should be more up on my civil engineering history and drafting history, but I'm not a drafter. I'm a design engineer, so it's a little bit different. But um, one of the things we do is we'll take plan sets and when we have to make modifications, it's much easier to do what we what we just call generally redlining. And it means exactly what um, what it sounds like. It's to take usually a Sharpie or a red pen and you make revisions on the plan set. And then those revisions, those stand out against the black and white um, background of drawing. And then the drafter will make those changes. Um, I was going to say, happens. that is not what I think of when I hear redlining, but I got yeah, you. Yeah, no, it's not, that, it's not that kind of redlining. No, not that kind. Um, wow, I didn't even realize that. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, you do redlining, huh? No, 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 not what an that interesting yet. It's bad, especially since revelation. I said it's land development too. <laughs> no, not that kind of redlining. It literally just means marking up a plan set with red pen or red sharpie. Gotcha. Yeah. But, so uh, all that, that to say, I I do, despite um, I hate to use the word polarization, but like it is a very like polar topic where people are very strong one side or the other, and. This is going to sound like being a centrist Andy, but I do think there's interesting conversation on on both sides, much more leaning on the work from home side. But the problem at the end of the day, I think, is that's just a symptom of the system. Yeah, I think that right now it's like there is like if you actually look at what is occurring, just even talking to friends that I have that both work in an office like myself, um, and I don't mind working in an office. I like the people that I work with. I like the team that I work with and I enjoy them. Um, like at first, when I first started, I wanted to work from home because I had the opportunity. It was kind of nice. But as I gained more responsibility and was starting to do more for the company, I recognized that like, not only was it like, um, was it conducive to me, uh, but it was also conducive to the people I was working with to be in the office. Um, um, but I don't think it needs to be like a no there or no there can't be any work from home or yes there can be. Right now the way it is existing is that a lot of companies are still doing allowing work from home but not because of the pandemic. They're mm -hmm. just like they're just like yeah we're there's no drop in pr productivity we're actually you know we're doing better because of it. Um yeah continue carry on. One of my friends um uh one of my friends does uh I forget exactly what uh what he does for work but he um excuse me he um he works from home and um like his company gave him a stipend to buy a nice uh a nice pc so he built himself a gaming pc um and um you know he has no problem with it because like he were I, I think that he does have a job where he otherwise just works in an office where he doesn't really need that interpersonal communication and like let's be honest like most people that are working a job, unless it is your dream job, you are doing that thing for money. You're not there for talking to other people. Yeah, and I mean, like, either way, you are, because if you're not getting paid, you're not going to be there. Exactly. Because yeah, it, it's a that's a perfect point, is that if you're not getting paid, then you don't have the job. If you don't have the job, then you would never talk to those people. So if the talking to those people is just predicated solely on, well, we're coworkers, well, it's like, well, yeah, that's just... you that's the definition of coworkers. We both get paid by the same dude. Right. Right. So like, like we do, we like, okay, now you ask, does our job require interpersonal communication in person? Yes. Okay, fine. 
You can work from home if you're like, because I still get to work from home on occasion if I need to say something. I don't know. Something's going on in my house or like powers out at the office or uh, something's being done at the office and we we work remotely like we do hybrid when we need it. But uh, most of the time we're in the office. I don't mind doing that. And I'm okay with that. And then there's other people that like if they want to, I think it just should just be up to the choice of the employer, but it should be encouraged if it is like if there's no clear argument against it in um like in that in that business, in that workplace, in that field, whatever, whatever that may be. Like if you're just an accountant or something where um, I don't know, someone who just works in spreadsheets all day and doesn't really need to like if the only communication is like having papers dropped off that could otherwise be emailed or um or sent to you with like a dropbox or something like that then like let them work from home what's the problem yeah i've i've heard some people say that the other um a lot of the pushback on work from home is you know uh the um real estate not necessarily people but you get what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. pro real estate because that you know that's a super lucrative um business is uh like corporate offices you mean like the financial side of real estate yeah okay you if everyone that could work from home work from home Mm -hmm. there'll be so many um vacant like corporate offices and those are pretty much always um unless it's maybe like you know like a huge corporation but you know they're mostly rentals yeah, but if they're still making the same amount of money or more money, it's not like they can't still rent those out. It's not like people being present in them dictates whether or not they can pay for it. It's are you still making enough money to pay for it? If the answer is yes, then I don't see a problem with it. Like, yeah, I but, think that ideally you would have you would no, have the hybrid situation. Well, yeah, but yeah, so I I guess that would just be smaller offices, whatever. Yeah, yeah also allow, I don't know. I guess it would allow more office space to open up. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Those are pretty much my thoughts on that. Um. Yeah, I I I like that it's been kind of. I see a lot of companies that are just doing it and being public about it. I just think it needs to be kind of encouraged more because I think that the crowd is like who's outright against it, especially ones who, like we said, that they can work from home. Um. Those are the people that kind of need to have their minds changed because I think they're in the wrong and they're also not doing it like it's they're not thinking about their employees um, best interest. They're just thinking about themselves. I mean, yeah, but that's always the case. So how about uh, Orange Boy and the FBI raid? Dude, that was so I remember opening up Twitter and seeing that Mar-a-Lago was trending. And then I saw something about it, and I don't know, know it just didn't click as um, anything like I wanted to like read about. And then mm-hmm. I realized it later. I was like, oh, shoot. Oh. Um, I oh, was so more you interested. Saw, like, you saw like the trending topic, but you didn't actually look as to why it was trending. Yeah. I got you. So um, what interests me more or what I get more entertainment out of is like the after effect of uh, people just going crazy. My favorite one was uh, all the people that are like, uh, if the FBI can do it to him, they can do it to any of you. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always been the case, you numbnuts. That's what the whole defund the police thing was about, FBI or police. Yes. 
I thought it was I thought it was especially hilarious to see all the people that were um outside of Mar-a-Lago, like some of them almost in tears, like, No, our great fat savior Like, first of all, you act like he got arrested. Like not that I would understand it, but like I would more understand it if it was like, oh he got arrested. But uh it was they're calling it a lot of everyone's calling it a raid. I mean I think that's people use that term a lot for what they are, but I mean it's a Search yeah, warrant. I mean, I, yeah, they didn't. They didn't kick the doors in or throw flashbangs or anything. Yeah, <laughs> lighten up they, all the they, employees. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't trying to break up a union organization uh, group or anything like that. Yeah. Um. They've so supposedly I've heard that the warrant is uh getting released. I don't know if it's out it ha- yet. I, no, I think it's. I think it's been leaked. And one of the things that was um he might be indicted um under the Espionage Act. Um, because one of the theories that's out there that um, I just heard from, I think I've told you to listen to him, is uh, Kyle Kolinsky, um of Secular Talk. Yeah. yeah fantastic dude, fantastic show. Um, very principled dude. Um, but he brought up a, uh, a, uh, a line of thought that I hadn't considered, and he even admitted that he hadn't really connected the dots, is that, you know, the Trump family and, well, most U.S. presidents are all, you know, have... A, a Saudi leader's thumb up his ass um, and, and Trump is no different and I mean even just look at the uh, the Kushner deal where it was like what was it like two billion dollars or something like that to be a consultant over there yeah and it was just very obvious and MBS literally stepped in even though like governing bodies and in, in Saudi were like against it and then MBS was like no 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 this is gonna go through um, but one of the angles is that Trump took classified documents that pertain to uh nuclear weapons program. And oh, allegedly, allegedly it could even be a new like secret weapons program, like the highest order of top secret. Oh, um, and, shoot. And, and yeah. And this moron may have just fucking had them in his house. Um, and the reason that he may have had them is because um, at some point recently, I think it was MBS or, um, and for those who don't know who I'm referring to when I say MBS, I mean Mohammed bin Salman, um, the the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, and Israel is not everybody may know the acronym, but um, uh, I think he like was like cheeky and a joker is like kind of implied that they might be getting nuclear weapons or like be learning how to make them. Wasn't that and, kind of news before the raid? Yes, it was. That's what I thought, because um, I remember seeing people talking about uh, Saudi Arabia being a nuclear power. Right, and this kind of lines up, because I think it was um, in a, uh, in Bob Woodward's book, but I think it was also else, uh, connected elsewhere, is that, you know, it's not un, it's not unreasonable, or maybe I should look up the quote, but, um, uh, but it was not unreasonable that... Uh, you know, he might be selling this information to the Saudis um, because of the fact that he is like, I mean, Trump is so monumentally, massively in debt. It's 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 absurd. It's he's in huge debt. It's the biggest debt you've ever seen. No debt. No debt has ever been better. Has ever been greater. <laughs> Dude, that would but, be uh, the wildest thing. Like, you know, whenever like politicians commit crimes, it's like something really lame. And like, in a way, in your head, even if you don't like them, you're like. Dang, you can get in trouble for that. <laughs> but, like, you don't ever hear about a politician, like, straight up shooting someone or 
selling something illegal that'd be wild yeah, or selling a possible nuclear weapons program to the or, or information about even if it's just information i that it's i i highly doubt it's the, the weapons program there's no way he would have that there's no way that would be allowed to be in a president's hands like we all know that the uh the government doesn't like the president has a lot of power yes but there's also things that are purposefully kept away from the president I mean, why at, would they keep know, that away if they've got them. the launch codes with them because if it's a new program that like the launch codes are for like, you know, a warhead system that was developed decades ago, decades before we were born. Like, I'm sure that there they that most countries like China, Russia and the U.S. have all been working on weapons programs that are that far exceed like what you may think is, is capable of a, of a modern military that um, won't be revealed unless they like absolutely have to. Yeah. Um, just with the amount of, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars that go into uh, into weapons. Um, weapons funding for the uh, department of war as it used to be called instead of defense um clever little every, uh, every name swap fucking, there yeah it's a nice little uh a nice little um what's his name uh, orwellian i mean freudian slip um <laughs> yeah so, uh, sorry i guess the, the u.s government gets this mixed up sometimes does the president really have the codes like within like running distance of him at all times like there's some dude that walks around with it in a briefcase I think so. Um, that's how wild. Far is the nuclear football at any one time? Oh yeah, that's what it's called. Um, that'd be wild. To just have that that button right there close to you. Yeah, I'd see. This is why I wouldn't trust myself as president because I'd want to push it just to see what happens. You'd want to press it just to see what happens. Yeah. What's the uh, worst that happens? The world ends. Okay. I I mean yeah. There you go. See, problem solved. Not to get a you little. Can't have world here, hunger if there's no. Don't nobody don't alive. indulge my nihilism. Uh. That's the other thing. If it's like nuclear codes, like you put in some sort of code and you press launch, how does the missile know where to go? Surely that just goes to someone else after that happens, and then they. Well, no, they'll program the trajectory before that. It's not like. I mean, it, so the, the president like the launch can't just launch nukes. Like, I don't think so. Wants. I mean, it would kind of make no sense. It would need a target. It's not like they, if you fire them straight the up, they're eventually going to like doing the targeting. <laughs> yeah, it's eventually it's just going to fall on the like it could just fall on U.S. soil and just like obliterate half the country. It would just shoot up until it ran out of fuel. I guess. Well, maybe it might even go into um into orbit, possibly. I mean, yeah. most ICBMs do go into low Earth orbit to do that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, but I is... mean, I think people are giving Trump a rough time. He just wanted to brush up on his nuclear knowledge. And oh, yeah. after everyone made fun of him for not knowing anything about it during the elections. Yes, I'm, I'm sure the uh, scientific mind that thinks he can change the size of a hurricane with a Sharpie has really salient points on, uh, on nuclear technology. Did you see, speaking of nuclear te technology, this is going to be like a short, very short topic, probably. Oh, is it about the, the, the fusion? fusion yeah. Yes. Successful it. ignition. Like an hour ago. Successful ignition. So is that the thing that like We're going to talk about science sometimes here too, people. We're, is we're that a bit the thing that here. scientists have said that like probably isn't possible, like people are split on, or is that like just a step towards whatever the quote unquote impossible is or not going to uh, happen? No, that is that is a step. Well, I mean, it's a step towards the the, impo the impossible as you like. They're think talking about, about like it fusion the, energy, I think, right? Yes, like they're talking about fusion energy, and um, 
it's not um they use a um what's called a tokamak um which is a giant donut shaped um like in uh enclosure that is made up of incredibly powerful um like super magnets um that create a magnetic field inside and you you spin this plasma up and you heat it up so much until you can achieve fusion and then the energy that is released from the fusion reaction has enough um <laughs> I'm gonna steal your nuclear code fuck you <laughs> Let's do that one with the middle of a forcefully <laughs> interrupted you. <laughs> he sent me a meme of like the little miss can't go wrong, or but it's it's Trump and it's little miss and steal your nuclear codes. We should have Anyways. a section where we talk about memes and we just describe them and sound like old no, people. That sounds awful. <laughs> and I don't I don't need to prove I'm a millennial any more than I am. But um uh yeah, so they use a tokamak and then they contain this fusion reaction. If they get it if they get it right then what happens is that the energy that is created from the reaction itself is enough to heat the plasma to maintain the reaction like indefinitely. And they were able to achieve it for a brief period. Um, now the issue is, I mean, that's, that's fantastic. That's like, I, that's like one of, if not, I don't know about the Holy grail, but like, that's, that's, that is amazing. That is, that is incredible. That's something that like is, has eluded, um, you know that line of that field of research for for so long and now they can do it the problem is now trying to extract that power that's the problem that hasn't yet been solved um right. is trying to figure out how to effectively and efficiently utilize that power that's created however the amount they said that it's um what was it, it was 1.3 megajoules that was created um and it was raf lasted roughly a few nanoseconds or something like that but 1.3 megajoules is the equivalent to 100 i think it's 100 kilogram uh mass moving at 100 miles an hour wait was this the ignition that produced that yes dang so they got to find a way to harvest that now right correct well and probably that do the ignitions on the rig yeah well once they get it started it'll never it, it never has to stop it'll just go forever I thought you said that it only lasted a nanosecond. No, the so they have to, like, they got an ignition, but they didn't get it on the scale that they needed to. Because I think that they probably shut it down shortly after. I didn't, I didn't read as as far into it as that. But the thing is, is that if they got the ignition going, they don't need it to keep going because they can't do anything with it. Like, and plus at that point, it takes so much power. The reason that they don't want to keep it going is because they can't utilize any of the power and the amount of energy that you have to put in to create that reaction in the first place is enormous. Like I like tens, if not hundreds of megawatts. Um, and it's a lot of fucking power and a lot of power draw. So you can't just like do that willy nilly and keep it going um, until gotcha. they can learn how to utilize the power. Plus, like I said, since, you know, even if they could, it would just, you'd just be wasting more energy for no reason, for no effect, no, no benefit. You wouldn't be getting anything back out of it other right. than like, ooh, pretty purple donut. It's cool stuff. I'm sure I'll watch one of those uh, random science YouTube videos about it soon. Actually, yeah. I know the guy. Um, do you watch much science YouTube? Yes. Do you know who Kyle Hill is? No. I don't. Um, long-haired dude. Uh, sometimes his videos are a little, um, like the vibe during parts of it will be like. Oh yeah, no, I know this dude. Younger feeling, like just with the jokes, they're like kind of corny or stuff like that. But generally speaking, um, he does good videos. Yeah, he'll probably do something about that really soon. Mm -hmm. I miss Vsauce. He uploads like 
twice a year now. Oh, really? Yeah, it's pretty rare you'll see a video from them. Yeah, I watched um, I watched a video of his on um, solving nuclear waste, which I'm glad that I watched because yes. I. It's not that I was against nuclear, but I was like, I don't like the idea of having nuclear waste everywhere. But then when I realized that, like, I we literally solved this decades ago, I was like, oh, oh yeah, we should really do this. I mean, it was, it was if we get to the point exactly where the same for me. Yeah, when I watched the I was, video, I didn't. I more just didn't really know anything about it. Didn't same. really have. I didn't opinion. really like. I didn't really decide whether to fall one way or the other on the fence until I like started looking into it more, and I realized like, oh. But I mean, obviously, the ideal situation would be to eventually get to a fusion reactor because then we we literally can just create suns around the planet and just have infinite energy, yeah, and no pollution, like zero pollution. It's a self-sustaining reaction that you literally don't have to do anything to. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm definitely a proponent of more uh, nuclear energy, but like. And this is the thing that, like, even if it did happen, it probably wouldn't happen. Unless I'm wrong, but it would be privatized, right? Or, like, it already is. What, the nuclear industry? Yeah, it's all done by private companies or other government-run. Are there any public? I don't do public. Well, that's the definition. It's public versus private. Public just implies that it's funded by the public. Do we still use nuclear? Yes, we still use. My man, they keep shutting them down. But yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of part of the problem, especially with things like that, is like you want it to be nationalized because at least hopefully the idea in with a working government is that um, if it's nationalized, there's no profit incentive to cut corners and with something like that it's not just paying people less when you cut corners it's uh lots of people's lives in danger well one nice thing about nuclear is that the um the governing body that is international um is extremely strict and there's also an incredible um like uh how do i phrase this um like sentiment or feeling or understanding that like communication is absolutely paramount in this uh in this industry so they share safety standards and revisions like in real time all the time gotcha. like if they if they come up with something new that's like a better system they send it to everyone else yeah they've probably gotten a lot better with that stuff too since like uh three mile island and chernobyl oh there are ones that are owned by the department of energy oak ridge oh. national laboratory in tennessee los alamos national laboratory and it realize these are nuclear power plants um, Brookhaven National Laboratory in New York and Argonne National Laboratory in Illinois. Oh, okay. Nice. That's um. There are a shitload of them that are owned by private companies. Yeah. I know. Um, I know the Three Mile Island incident. That was a private company because that was part of the problems. Was there was not uh, transparency after the fact. The company was trying to hide how big it was, or how bad it was. Yeah, I think someone actually broke a protocol and sent it to the uh, other facility. Um, did you see about California nationalizing insulin? No, but well, awesome. I guess nationalized probably isn't the right word because I think that implies they're taking it over. But no, they're uh, they are going to have um, like government made insulin. 
uh, made in California. I don't know what the timeline on that is, but I'm hoping it uh everything works out because that will be a very strong argument for other similar type movements. Yes, should be. I don't want to get into healthcare because that's gonna be a whole that's gonna be a whole rant. But yeah, even insulin is just like, dude, like why is that? Why is that so, uh, like profiteered and privatized in the first place? It's like, what the fuck is the problem? And you literally go across the border, like Mexico or Canada, and it's like dozens of dollars cheaper. And it's like this, you're killing people by making it this price. Like no one's saying make it absolutely free. It's just like that's what national health no, insurance I'm is. I'm saying make it absolutely free. I'll say that. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> well, that's why I was saying that's what national health insurance is. You fucking morons. Like who's going to pay for it? All of us. That's how insurance works. You have car insurance. Does that mean that nobody should have car insurance? You realize it's the same thing. I'm not. I'm yeah. Not, I just, that's that's wild. I'm not, not going to. I'm not going to keep going. With the pay. But yeah, it's um, like it's like you pay for car insurance, but it was, who's going to pay for it? Be like, who pays for your car insurance? You do. Fucked hard. Dude, I'm pretty sure pharmaceutical commercials are illegal in like every other country. Yeah, they're legal in, I think, two countries on the entire planet. I'm guessing it's the United States and Israel, if I just had to take a guess. Actually, I think it may be three. I think it's, yeah, I think it's U.S., Israel, and someone else. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy how pharmaceutical, not doctors, pharmaceutical companies can advertise to you. People that are ostensibly supposed to help heal you can market cures to you, quote-unquote cures. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what that's what this is. Is what's the term? The commodification of everything. There's this. Uh, United great... no, it's the United States and New Zealand are the only countries where that drug is... makers are allowed to market prescription drugs directly random. to consumers. Yeah, um, New Zealand of all places. But yeah, talking about like the commodification of everything. Um, mm -hmm. there's this quote I really liked. Um, I did finish that capitalist realism book. I would highly yeah. recommend it. It can be a little um, wordy and hard to read sometimes, but it wasn't too bad. Um, okay. But one of the quotes in it, there were a few I really liked. But one was, the things you've been deprived of have been sold to you as, as benefits. <laughs> oh, God, that's, a, that's an aphorism if I ever heard it that's yeah. actually true. Yeah, it's a, it's a great little quote. So, yeah, definitely recommend that book. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. All right. Well, we can cut it there. Um, is there any kind of outro we want to do? Uh, again, this has been uh, Willful Ignorance with uh, your uh, host. I don't like Mike. that. It sounds so scholarly. No. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I could jazz it up if you want. I mean, I could just do something like, you know. All right, you fuckers. Remember, do don't us. be willfully ignorant. <laughs> we could we could do some sort of playoff so bad so i know i did it on purpose to make you regret your decision <laughs> that's it that's it main host uh privileges revoked no <laughs> i know i know my limits and i know that i i know what should and shouldn't be edited out <laughs> um but no i kind of like the idea of like saying like some sort of play on the name willful ignorance like like almost uh, a clever turn of phrase that gives, um, you know, a poetic reason as to why we chose the name. 
Hmm. That's uh, that was that was real wordy. Why did we you know choose the name? <laughs> um. I mean, I suggest uh, trying to think of like. Well, I mean, I've always had an idea of that. Like, I liked it as a band name. I like the. I use the 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 phrase a lot. It's not like a common phrase. It's not like it's uncommon words either. But willful ignorance is a term that I describe as being like the uh, the plague that is most of Americans. Yeah, consciousness. I was gonna say it's another term for an American. Yes, yes, it's 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 yeah, it's a willful ignorance is American. Yeah, it's not uniquely American, but it's certainly uh, characteristically American. Strong majority. Um, Yes. Um, so I, I don't know. So I'm proud to be willfully ignorant. No, I hate <laughs> have that. Ever noticed, song. Have you noticed that our podcast title and your name, like your gamer tag, Foolish, kind of the same thing? What, Foolish Mind and Willful Ignorance? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Kinda I mean, wild. they're similar. Well, I think that's going to do it for us today, folks. This has been the Willful Ignorance Podcast. We will be back soon. We're shooting for a two-podcasts-a-month goal right now. So hopefully you guys can catch us again in a couple weeks. Stay filthy, fuckers.